So John chapter 18, verse 36. We're just going to hang out here. We've only got a couple minutes. I'm not going to spend a long time here. Um, but I, I want to just finish out our kingdom series. We've been walking through this over the last several weeks. In fact, I think this is week seven or eight of this kingdom series. Most of them are online or at least in the process of getting online. I'd love for you to go back and listen from a kingdom prayer uh, to a kingdom priority. There were just so many things. And I've had several of you come up and say, this has been your favorite series. And, and I don't know if I took that as like, I don't preach good before, I haven't pre- preached good before this, or, or if this is just really good on top of the other good ones. I don't know. But um, go ahead and say, that was that one, Brandon, that was that one. And uh, appreciate it. So, uh, I would love for you to go back and listen because I really do, and I, this word gets thrown around a lot, in fact, and, and, and what happens in church life, and you've seen it all through church history, and it happens in culture as well, is there's this bit of a, a swing from one side to the other. There bit, tends to be, okay, well, people are really in grace, so they're getting a little too free, so we better lock some things down, and then it swings back to the other side, and then it's like, well, let's just live all up in grace, and we'll be good, and we'll just hang out, and no, you know, no big deal, and, and, and then it kind of swings back, and, and there's this kind of, and, and the kingdom is one of these words that kind of was used in a certain way but not used a lot and 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 now it's kind of you're starting to see a bunch of young people begin to use this word a bunch of churches begin to use this word of kingdom minded and what I find is that we tend to become um we begin to choose one or the other as though we can't be kingdom minded and church minded at the same time because they are not the same thing the bible does not call them the same thing Jesus used them in different ways but we tend to go well if I'm kingdom minded that I can't be church minded because what I mean to be is kingdom minded is I got to be out there and so I can't be in here. And I actually think that's not true. I think that's what, what makes them both valid and what makes them both healthy and strong is when both are active. It's the same idea of Acts 5, that people would go from the temple to the table and back to the temple again and back to the table. If one of those is missing, you actually lose a bit of who you are meant to be as a church and who you're meant to be as people. And so because we can hang out here in rows and you can look at me, but not have to look at anyone else. You know what I'm saying? It's when you get around the table that you have to actually look at some other people and go, how are you doing? You good? Because here you can get away with, how are you doing? Good. Cool. See you later. Uh, I got lunch plans. And sitting at a table, you, you kind of got to hang out until all the food's eaten, right? Uh, you don't want to be rude. And so you end up getting into some conversations. And we need to be people who are both church, built, church builders, okay? But the kingdom is not built, Okay, the, the Bible never talks about the kingdom being built. The kingdom is received. The kingdom is something that is, is, becomes part of who we are on the inside. It's a heart thing before it's a hand thing. And so it should be something where Jesus reigns on the inside so he can begin to work on the outside of us. Amen? And so we don't walk around trying to establish the kingdom out here. We make sure that we wake up every day and establish the kingdom in here so that when we go into whatever arena and whatever domain we're in, uh, we can bring that with us. And I think so many times, and we talked about this last week, we, we operate in domains. And all of you operate in a domain of culture. Every one of you operate in some domain of culture, whether it be uh, technology, whether it be politics, whether it be home and family, whether it be agriculture. There's these domains of culture. And what we can tend to do as people of the church is we can be, tend to make the church one of those domains. And so we can separate out our church life from our technology life or our work life or our family life, our career life. We tend to make it a domain. But the church was never meant to be a domain of culture because then it can be made to be uh, irrelevant or quieted or pushed off to the side. You're not in church right now, so don't talk about that Jesus thing. 
right? And so many of us, and the truth is that culture hasn't necessarily done that to us. We've kind of done that to ourselves. We've made the church about this other thing that we do in our lives at times and not brought it in. And the church is meant to be the church in all domains. Amen? And so the kingdom is meant to be that type of thing, where we are people who have received something, who then carry that something with us. That's why in Luke, when, when they say, the Pharisees ask Jesus, when is the kingdom going to come? And he goes, well, it's not going to be one that you go, oh, well, here it is, and, and here it is, and there it is. He says, no, that, it's one that's actually already among you, or in other words, it's already in you. And so he begins to, even in Luke, begins to make the case that the kingdom is first a heart thing. It is meant to be something that makes its way into the earth. But the, the primary way that we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth is by making sure that heaven is in our hearts and we take heaven into the earth. And sometimes we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we're praying that as though someone else is going to do that or that the angels are going to come down and put a building as an uh, embassy in some city. And, oh, there's the kingdom. No, the kingdom is first in you. That's why we pray it. Because a prayer is an issue of the heart. Prayer is a place where we bear our souls. And so the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven is a prayer and a reminder and a priority for us first. Amen? Amen. And that's why we pray it before daily bread. It's because it's his kingdom first and all these things shall be added unto you. It's awesome packing seven weeks of a sermon series into one message because it sounds like you're really smart. But I'm just throwing all these recaps, right? It's great. But I do want to read one verse to you, John chapter 18, and this is where we'll end the series. And, um, and really, I was debating a lot of things because there, I feel like there's probably some other things we could talk about. Next week, we have the incredible privilege of having Pastor Paul Cole preach, and so I'm super excited about having him share. And uh, Oh, you didn't know that? Um, John 18, and this is Jesus. This is right as he's about to uh, uh, be sentenced to death, so... Pilate, who's a governor of that city, and, and, and really in, in that culture, Jews could pretty much do life as they wanted to do it, but the one thing they could not do was, uh, was the death penalty. They could not execute people, and so that's why the Jews brought Jesus into the courts of Rome, because they could not in themselves, that was the one thing the Romans said you could not do. It's an interesting thing that that'd be the one thing. Rome wanted the power of life and death, and so Jesus is here with the Jews and with Pilate, who's, who's presi presiding over this uh, scenario and this situation. And Pilate's kind of going back and forth with Jesus. Like, are you really saying this? Because if you would just stop saying this, we'd be fine. I'd go out there and say, he, he recanted, he's not the king, he's not. And he, you can kind of tell Pilate is not interested in uh, fulfilling this thing. He's really not interested in making the call on this. He doesn't want to have to do this. And yet he's asking the question. And Jesus, it's funny, even in the moment where he's being sentenced to death, he doesn't make things easy. I don't know about you, Jesus doesn't always make things easy for me. I mean, his yoke is easy, his burden is light, but sometimes I think that scripture is meant to be left out of the Bible. Um, but there are times where Jesus calls me to something, and it's not the easiest thing. But it is interesting, after I, do, after I obey that and step into that, um, how sometimes I look back and go, well, maybe the thing wasn't the easiest, the obedience wasn't the easiest, but my goodness, what he brought me through and who he's made me to be because of that obedience really has made my life easier and my heart is bigger and my hands are stronger, my mind is sharper, and I've, I've taken a different tack to life. And so I think it's important for us. But so here's Jesus, Pilate's going, are you, okay, seriously, like, who are you? 
I don't actually even know who you are. Are you sure you're the king of the Jews? Like, is this really something that's important for you to keep saying? Because we could just kind of roll on to something else if you wanted to. And this is uh, Jesus' response in verse 36. And there's a big dialogue there. I'm not going to go through all of it. But in verse 36, Jesus says this. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Everybody say not. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. As it is, my kingdom does not have its origins here. And I thought it was incredibly timely for us to be talking about this verse, especially after an election where people are deciding who they're going to to, uh, operate under and who they're going to do life under, and, and you can have your opinions. But that's what's interesting. In fact, if you keep reading, he talks about my kingdom is the kingdom of truth, where everyone would know the truth. And Pilate throws in this little quip at the end where he says, what is truth? And see, I think that's what the church is meant to bring into the earth is truth, because truth is where freedom is found. How many of you know people are caught up Not because they're believing something true, but because they're believing something false about who they are, about where they'll be, about the future of their life, about their eternity, about just even now and and, and here and what's going on in our country. There's all this stuff. There's so many voices. And Jesus is coming to say, I'm I'm bringing the truth. That's my kingdom. It's, It's one built on the truth. And so here's Jesus, and he says, my kingdom is not of this world. In fact, I read another translation. It's very... Uh, it's one that you would not have ever read. It's, it's a cool translation. Uh, but it, it said, my kingdom does not grow here. My kingdom does not grow out of what is in this earth. It, it's something that comes from heaven. And I actually think one of the greatest discussions you can have with people, and we said this last week, the Bible should not be the end of the conversation. It should be the beginning. Meaning, you should not walk into a conversation about someone's faith or eternity thinking that you'll just quote a scripture and drop the mic. That you should have a conversation, hear their story, hear who they are, bring the scripture into that discussion, bring the scripture into that story and begin to walk through them what the Bible is, who Jesus is and what he's talking about and bring freedom in their life. But I, I remember this um, uh, years ago and some of you have been here uh, enough to hear, I've heard this story, but it's one of my favorite illustrations. Um, and I remember I went to this wedding show right before Meredith and I had gotten married and, uh, and they had this, you know, the guys, I was just being a good husband because that's what I am. And um, don't laugh. It's not funny. I'm a good husband. And, uh, and I went into, this, uh, went into this wedding expo, this massive room of all these things that I was super excited to see. And, and we walked in, and I turned a corner, and I'd just been walking up and down these aisles, tables and tables of stuff that we were never going to get. I'm pretty sure we didn't meet anyone that we ever talked to again. Um, and so we're walking down and all of a sudden I turn this corner and I see something incredible majestic you might say and it was this fountain it was just flowing with chocolate and I saw men standing around this chocolate fountain right like they were so they don't even know where their wife was they have no idea they just know babe we should get this Like, we should have one of these at every table. Like, I think that would be the best wedding ever. So I walk over, man. I'm like, hey, fellas, what's up? Hey, I'm Brandon. Yeah, I'm here for Weddings Anonymous. And we're, like, we just just hang here in this huddle. I've had a problem with chocolate fountains for this many years. So I remember we, we, you know, you got the 
you got, they all had sample stuff out, so you'd grab a, a, a cookie or whatever and marshmallow and you'd stick it in there. And I, I made the mistake of trying to double dip, like you're not supposed to do another thing. And one of the ladies snapped at me like, don't do that. And the fellas were like, yeah, we tried to. And, um, and so I, I, I but, and here's why I bring that up. But really, it's just because this. Uh, when I saw the fountain, there's a, a smaller cup at the top and then a medium size and a big one, and it just keeps flowing, right? And, and I had this thought, and I, I didn't have it at the moment. I just had it a bit later because in the moment all I could think about was chocolate. But I did have this thought a bit later on, and that was this, that whatever you place at the top of your life is what's going to flow into the rest of it. That whatever you place as the priority in your world is going to be the thing that affects everything else. So that's why sometimes we're in a relation with, relationship with someone and we place that as the number one thing. And when that's not going well, our relationship with Christ isn't going well. Why? Because we prioritize something above Jesus. When we're having a tough season in work, we, we all of a sudden aren't praying as much and we're not reading our Bible and we're not coming to church and we begin to withdraw. Why? Because we've actually placed the career over Christ and we've actually made that the cornerstone of our life. And, and I, man, it's a roller coaster if you do that, isn't it? And so I, I just had this thought and I actually think that's in so many ways some of what Jesus is talking about here because even in just the verse before this, he says, let these people be in us as I am in you, Father. Let, me, let, let us be unified and put this thing where it needs to be. Let us really come bring this thing together and let me be who I need to be to them. Let them put me where I belong so that I can bring them into this journey and bring them into this life because really that's how people are going to see me as who I'm really meant to be is when I am all of who they are. And, and this idea that we can somehow bring the kingdom to earth without first bringing it into our hearts is, is it's not something that ever makes sense in the Bible and what I really wanted to remind us about today is that we are without question I already said this today is that we are without question first a, a citizen of the kingdom before we are a citizen of the republic that we are a people who serve God and serve God first and then we serve people. It's in fact out of our serving of God and knowing how He has served us and knowing our relationship with Him that allows us to serve people without wanting something in return, without wanting something back. We serve and love people regardless because that's what Jesus did for us. But that only makes sense and that only works if we place Jesus where He belongs. And for so many of us, we, we, we don't have the influence in our world that we want because we've not yet let heaven have the influence on us that he wants. And so we try to go into the earth and change it, but we have not yet been changed. And the truth is that whatever changes you is what's going to change your world. So if music's changing you, if TV's changing you, if your circumstances are changing you, if life being tough is changing you, if, if the election is changing you, if whatever is changing you, then that's what's changing your world because now you're posting about it. Now you're talking about it. And, now you're, and so Don and I were sitting there having a conversation about politics last night. And you know what kept coming up? The kingdom. Because he and I know that there is no one else I serve but the name of Jesus Christ. There is nothing else that can break me and take me where I need to go. There is no one else that will serve me and love me the way Jesus has done it for me. And there is no one who can bring unity the way Jesus does. And unity, unity is something you have to fight for. It's something you have to be diligent about. It's something that doesn't just happen. And it's something the church should represent. It's something the church should bring into the earth. I don't get mad at the world for being the world. I get mad at the church for not being the church. I feel that's what Jesus did. Jesus hung out with sinners and then yelled at Pharisees. 
And so Jesus is here so that we can bring unity, so that we can bridge a gap, that we can remind people political parties will never fix you. They will never solve your problems. They will never fix your heart. They will never develop your character. They will never give you a bigger vision than Jesus can. They can never bring faith and hope and love that is eternal. They are here temporarily, and they can only do temporary things. Jesus can do the eternal thing. So there is no other name above the name of Jesus. I am preaching, and I love it. This excites me, and I know you're excited because I know we can be the church wherever we go, whenever we go, however we go. So when Mark 16, 15 says, take the gospel to everyone, everywhere, he immediately takes the limits off and gets rid of the excuses. He says you can't use their, 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 their nationality or their background or, the, or where they've been or their social status and use it against them. You actually then walk into that situation and bring something that erases those things. You bring something that gets rid of those things and says those things no longer defi define you. Those things no, no longer determine who you are. Those things never, those no longer say that you can be or can't be or will be or won't be. Those th no longer. You can have opinions. Please do. I love when you're educated in your opinions. I don't like uneducated opinions, but I do like educated opinions. But can I tell you something? Even high-minded, educated, intellectual opinions will never, ever, ever be something I can build my life upon because opinions change. I mean, just look at your life and the arguments you've had and you wish you could go back 10 years later and go, man, you know what, if I said that to you and you got really mad, I don't believe that anymore. Can we be friends again? We are people who build our life upon the rock that is Christ Jesus because it never moves. It never goes anywhere. And, and, and you know what's cool about that? My, my house will never fall. And you know what I've always loved about that verse? He never says anything about the quality of the builder. He doesn't say, hey, Nate, I've got a rock for you. As long as you're a good builder, come build it on my rock and we'll be good. As long as you're great at this and you got the blueprints and you hammer well and you got all the stuff, then we're good. He didn't say that. He only qualifies one thing, him. The only thing he says in that statement is, I'm a rock build. Go. Do it. Let's make this thing happen. Let's go for it. You might mess up. It might take a little longer than you thought. You know, construction always does. You might go, oh, I wanted a room there. Oh, it's supposed to be bigger. Oh, I'm here. I'm not moving. Let's do this thing. We should be a church that walks into the earth this week, this week, and says, I don't serve a kingdom that's of this world. I don't serve a kingdom that's of this earth. The kingdom I have is not of this world. It didn't start here. And one of the greatest things you can ever say is that Jesus didn't go from earth to heaven and bring us something back. Jesus came from heaven to earth and went back home. He is from heaven. He came from heaven to bring heaven to us. There is no other claim that ever claimed that. No other religion, no other religion ever said that. They all said, well, I was here, and I was hanging out, and I had this dream, and I went to heaven, and I came back. My imperfect person went to heaven, saw some cool things, brought it back to you, and now you should listen to everything I say. Jesus never said that. Jesus said, I came from heaven, so I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, and I don't have to send you to some statement or some belief system. I just pull you into me. And if you would come to me, I'll give you rivers of living water. And those rivers of living water will flow out of your life into the world around you. And some of you don't believe that. Some of you don't believe that enough in your heart. And so God's going, please, 
please put me at the top. Please let me flow into other areas of your life because I've got things that I want to work in you and work through you. I want to bring life to you and through you so that I can begin to affect the world around you. Come on, as we end this kingdom series, the idea here is that we put Jesus where he belongs, that we would see the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Paul tells us, do not think upon things of the earth. Think upon things that are in heaven so that we can bring the things of heaven into the earth. Amen? Some of us have spent all of our life with our fountain all mixed up. And so we've not allowed Lord to flow into our world. There's things in our world that we're still holding back from Him. We're not quite surrendering. Some of us have just never even surrendered our life. We said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep this thing. I'm just going to ride that roller coaster. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I know if I had placed the bottom plate on the top, it actually would have just gotten really messy. And, and what I find is that for many of us, our life ends up in a mess, not because Jesus isn't with us, but because he's been put in a different place than he belongs. And that's not a condemning statement. That's a statement of us just being humans. That's just a statement of us being people. That's what we do. We get things out of order. And so here's a reminder today. Here's an opportunity today to say, okay, God, I want to wake every day. Wake up every day and go, your kingdom come. I'm not even going to pray my daily bread until I've prayed your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, that's what I want. I want the kingdom that is not of this world. I want the kingdom that is not determined by this earth. And that's the one thing you, oh my goodness, we have to hear this. That nothing that's happened this week, nothing that's happened in the last six months, nothing that's happened in the last six years, nothing that's happened in the last six decades has affected the kingdom of heaven. Because it is not of this world. It is above, not below. So there is nothing about his kingdom that has changed because our earth has changed. If anything, he's going, I am eternal here so that you can always be and always be a light shining in the darkness. Always be salt in the earth. Always be hope where there seems to be despair. Peace where there seems to be chaos. Love where there seems to be fear. Faith where there seems to be emptiness. Come on. That is what I want for you as the church. So I just want to pray. I'm going to close out these last several weeks, and I actually would love the worship team to come on up. I know you probably were planning on that, and I just ruined the smooth entry up to the stage, but I want us to be a church that understands the kingdom comes first in our hearts before it makes its way into our world, and that God has a plan for the church, and that means you, and the only way you'll begin to see him affect other areas of our life only way you'll begin to see him affect other places of our life is if we put him above and not below. If we've allowed him to be king, if we've allowed him to be the one. We're going to sing in just a moment. And after, when we're singing, we've got people that are here ready to pray with you. And, and I've noticed the last few weeks we've had a bit, bit of hesitancy to, to come up because it means people might see you. Can I tell you something? People, uh, people will uh, uh, love your strengths, but they'll respect your weaknesses. People will see you and know, and you got something you need? I just thought you were always perfect. Can I just tell you something? We're a better church when we all acknowledge the fact that we still need Jesus. And we still need each other. So as we sing this song, if you want to pray, come up and pray. But I want to do real quickly, I want to pray with you. In fact, why don't you stand with me real quick? If you ever just bow your head, I'm going to just pray. And I'm going to ask some people in here. Uh, if, you, if you're just in a place where you're going, it's gotten a bit messy in my life. Things have just gotten 
to a place where I, I can't control what's flowing out of my life. I seem to be uh, angry about things. I seem to be frustrated. I, I seem to not even have a, a dream anymore. I seem like just, it's just not the way I wanted it to be. And you would say that based on what we talked about today, you'd say, you know what, maybe it's because I've just allowed God to get placed in the wrong position. I've allowed Jesus to be second or third or fourth or even, I'm not even sure where he is, but I want to put him back where he reigns so that I can rejoice, so I can stand with full life. And maybe for the first time today, you want to accept Jesus Christ. Say, you know, I want to receive this kingdom. I want to receive this king to bring a new kingdom into my life where it's not a roller coaster, I'm not up and down, but I am building my life upon the rock. But maybe for some of us, we're just sitting here today going, you know what, I need to reestablish seek first the kingdom not just as a command but as an antidote to the worry and the frustration and the concern and the strife and and the work and all the things that are struggling in our lives I, I, I pray that I would seek first the kingdom if that's you right now just real quickly take courage get out boldness would you just right now raise your hand to heaven if that's you this morning you say you know I want to put the kingdom first I want to put Jesus first in my life thank you thank you thank you thank you so much just raise your hand up high thank you thank you Awesome. So good. Thank you. If you raise your hand, you can put it back down. Thank you. I see that. Come on. That's so awesome. Just one more time. I'm going to ask that question. Anybody say, you know, I want to put Jesus first. I want to receive this kingdom. If that's you right now, would you just raise your hand? Anybody else? Thank you very much. So awesome. 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 Come on. Give God a clap for that. Come on. So good. God, we pray. We thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, as we sing this song, as we close out this service, Lord, I pray that every person who raised their hand would know there's life and life abundant, know there's hope and faith, Lord, that there's, there's a kingdom that is not of this world, that is not subject to this world, it's not subject to this earth, but is strong and vibrant and healthy and full of faith and hope and love, and that because of it, I can stand up tall knowing that you are in control. Lord, I pray you forgive. I pray you set free. I pray you bring life and abundant life. I pray you bring hope and vision for a future, but everything that you would ever want for them that they would receive. And more than anything, I pray they would know you and know you well. The Holy Spirit, you would show them and illuminate to them who Jesus is. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's sing this morning.